everybody. How you doing? How you living? Austin Cunningham and Justin Treese here of Talking Football coming to you to preview week 15. Treese wasn't here yesterday, so we pushed off the podcast another day. So we were releasing on Friday. I'm sure you guys probably opened up on Thursday yesterday and go, uh, what the heck? Well, guess what? Stuff happens. Treese is busy saving lives, getting everything rolling, good to go. And so here we are. Ready to talk ball with you guys again. And before we even get into previewing week 15, we need to go over the major storyline that has been transcending over the NFL and every main topic that has been discussed. And that's the New England Patriots and their cheating scandal. They've been caught again doing somewhat of a do-your-job type series documentary for the team. Um, They sent people to the Bengals game last week. And someone on a Bengals staff member saw that they were filming the sideline of the Bengals and then reported it. And then when the cameraman was approached, he goes, hey, I'll just delete it. No big deal. We'll just move on with our, you know, we'll just go on our merry way and go from here. Sorry, didn't mean to. Then after that, they... They sent out a statement that said, hey, we're working with the NFL. We have everything. We sent everything over. No big deal. Our apologies. Our mistake. Well, it turns out it's a Kraft Productions member, so it's not someone that's directly linked to the team, an employer directly to the team of the Patriots. It's someone that works with Kraft for the video. I come out the excuses, everything like that. Before I continue on with this, Trees, I need to know what are your thoughts you know, just quick reaction, reads, and just like, what the fuck's going on here with the Patriots again? Yeah, again, right? So, for me, the initial thought was they did tell the Browns about it, right? So, they told the home team there. Um, so, I was like, okay, they, they're trying to do their part, but then you don't tell the Bengals, which is weird. And, yes, everybody's like, well, why would they do it against the Bengals? The Bengals sucked. I don't think that that's the point. I think it was... I want to believe that it was no big deal and they weren't trying to do something. But there are the reports that they the camera stayed on the Bengals sideline for an entire quarter. That's for, where I – sorry, go ahead. For eight minutes, eight straight minutes, it was strictly on the sideline for the Bengals. Yeah, and that's where I started getting very suspicious, where I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Like, I get, like, if you're doing a – do your job thing and you're like moving around and stuff. You call one team and like try to follow stuff. Like I think it, it would be a very cool thing that they're doing, but it's very suspicious when you're just filming a sideline of a team that you're playing very, very shortly. Even if it is a shitty team, like it could be, Hey, let's see if we can do this. So then later down the road, we can do it again. Type type shit, right? Like that's the way it looks. Um, the guy saying, like, I'll just delete it, no big deal, makes it look even worse. Like, oh, no, don't worry about it. I'll just delete it. I'll just delete it. It was almost like, hey, go as long as you possibly can. Once somebody calls you out for it, just say you'll delete it. If nobody calls you out for it, cool, we got what we wanted. It's, I mean, obviously, everybody just wants to see what was actually filmed. Right, like that would say a lot. We'll never get that. I don't think we'll ever get it. But, um, so to me, it's sketchy as fuck. Like it's really weird, D- horrible look. But I like 
what what did they what could they learn looking at that sideline is more of the bigger question I keep asking myself. So the one thing that I keep wondering with it is you make a good point about so we're just going to try to in this game see if we get away with it and then we can try other teams and just see how long we roll with it. That's the point that I haven't thought of. But one thing I did think of was if you're that person working for Craft Productions, and I believe he was a freelancer, so he was freelancing this work, does this. Um, if you're doing that and you have that like much tape, like a footage, why would you just straight up be willing to delete all of your work if you weren't doing something you knew was bad? You know what I mean? Like if you're if you're a freelancer and you're trying to make money and do this, and someone confronts you about it. Why would you go, I'll just delete it? Because that's just pointless. Like, that's your entire job. Everything you captured, gone. And then another thing I was thinking, is there staff members, or is there a similar offense that the Patriots think they'll face, similar to what the Bengals potentially do, that they could use elsewhere? Or are they scared of the Cincinnati Bengals? Are they worried about something with the Cincinnati Bengals and that defensive line and what that offense can do that their defense is having a hard time stopping? Are they are, are they worried that they might drop a game to the Bengals? Because the Bengals are playing for nothing. They've already got a, what, a two-game lead on the number one pick in the NFL draft? If you're the Bengals, why don't you just have this be your Super Bowl? And if you're the Patriots, you know that. And you can't afford to lose three straight in December. Because if you lose three straight... And then you go play Buffalo, and you're on a three-game losing streak, and then you lose to the Bills. You're not getting a bye. So I think that's something the Patriots need to think about. Other people need to think about with the Patriots. And then when they had their scandal from the last spy gate, one of the excuses was, say you're filming for a team documentary. So you already know like this is planned and this is against them. And then one more thing I want to add, during the Chiefs game, when they're kicking a field goal, they have the double field goal post on the Videotron. I'm not going to lie. That's a pretty fucking genius thing to do if you're the Patriots. But as a kicker, that's a hard thing to see. And, Teresa, look on your face. I don't know if you've seen it. You haven't seen this picture, have you? So there's a shot from a camera angle where Butker, the, ki the Chiefs kicker, is looking at the field goal, but the video board is directly behind it, and it's also showing a live feed of the like him kicking the field goal. And so... The way it's lined up on the scoreboard, they're like misaligned. So it looks like there's double posts, and you can get confused when kicking and aiming and potentially miss it. And they did it for the Chiefs, but when the Patriots were kicking on that end, it was a blank. It was a blank video board. Pretty sketchy look if you're the Patriots. I mean, not a. It's been a rough couple weeks if you're a Patriots fan. That that's interesting. I've not seen that now. I'm like scrolling through my phone trying to find it right now <laughs> um, give me a second i'll send it to you <laughs> okay cool that's yeah that's a bad look um but you're right though if they were scared of anything that maybe the Bengals were doing that they felt like hey they have an advantage in this one area like we got to try to figure out a way to like cancel that out um yeah because you're right would be horrible if they end up losing that game they would not be <clears throat> feeling too good heading heading to Buffalo to uh, play the Bills. So interesting. Again, I didn't think of that. So 
No, but speaking of something that you thought of, um, Mr. Jeff Scott, the offensive coordinator for Clemson, just accepted a new head coaching gig. And before I keep running my mouth, Trees, I'll just let you take from here. Uh, yeah, Jeff Scott, the wide receiver coach, passing game coordinator of Clemson for the past few years, uh, accepted a job at USF. Uh, if you all remember, for those that listen very often, uh, all offseason, I should say offseason, I think we had two episodes about it where I said, he's my guy. I wanted him as the Jags OC before this year started. I said, they should make a deal with him saying, come in, be the OC. If you guys are not successful this year, we will put it on Doug Marone. We will let him go, and you will be the coach in waiting for the Jacksonville Jaguars for the next season. If not, if they are successful, then you're successful on, as an OC in the head coaching, you know, or in the NFL, offensive coordinator successful, you'll get a head coaching job in the near future. So um, said that multiple times on this. I tweeted about it a couple times. When I saw that he was leaving Clemson, I was very disappointed. It was for USF. Um uh, very happy for him. I think that he's going to make that team very successful. Uh, kind of add on to what, sorry, what's the Charlie Strong? What Charlie Strong did there? Like he had s- some successful seasons. Um, so good for USF. Huge get for them. Uh, I will be a USF fan in, in the near future for sure. He's awesome. Really good dude. And if I'm a Florida dude, a Florida high school recruit that's not getting top-notch recruiting things and he calls me i will go there he knows what he's doing like i would choose him over a florida state even at this point or over a miami at this point and uh just trust what he's done with clemson guys he can do with me dang over florida state yeah i mean they Florida State's down. Obviously, they did a good hire with the Memphis head coach. Uh, but I still – I mean, it's also hard to say no to, like, Florida State. Like, I get it that that is a pristine <coughs> – excuse me, prestige college. But if you're looking out for yourself to grow as a wide receiver for the NFL, the NFL is not looking at what college you went to. They're looking for production and skill sets. And if you can learn more from – a USF coach than a Florida State coach, then why would you go to FSU? That's a good point. That is a good point. Speaking of Norville going to Florida State, do you think that's a good pick? Like, do you think that's a good hire? Uh, yeah, I think it's a good hire. Uh, <clears throat> I, I, it's like kind of a splashy one, but not really at the same time. Like it's a good mixture and you got, and it's somebody that has been very successful at where he was at. Unlike uh, Taggart, because he wasn't really that successful at Oregon. So that was weird. I, I know that he's an FSU alum, so that's kind of why they did it. But at least they're getting production out of this hire. It's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be interesting. Interesting to see what he can do with that with that program, see if they can get it back on top. Because they were on top, went down for a little bit, got back up on top, and then just... <laughs> now it's time to rebuild. So it's going to be interesting to see that. Um, anything else that we would need to discuss or that you want to talk about before we preview week 15? Um, 
not for today's episode. I think in the near future we'll we'll start talking about um, where we think some candidates should go. I think that'll be a good topic for us, um, and we'll go from there. But today I think we should just handle uh, some preview and some games. Awesome. And today we've been talking football. Nah, just kidding. Here we go. Week 15. Here's your weekly. Oh, my gosh. It is this week in the NFL. I can't freaking believe it. We've been here since February. Oh, my God. All right, there it is. There's your weekly weekly holy shit moment with Austin Cunningham. So let's go ahead and start off the week with the Patriots, the team that we just discussed, playing the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Patriots are favored by 9.5 in Cincinnati. And I'm going to take the Bengals. I think there's enough noise coming out of New England. I think they're mad that they've lost two. I think they still I think they still win, but I think this game is going to be closer than what a lot of people realize because Cincinnati has not been that bad. I know that's crazy to say. Maybe a little bit kind of a what an idiot type moment maybe from people listening, but I'm being serious. The running game looked good last week. Andy Dalton is starting again. They lost. They did lose to Boyd, the receiver, so that's tough. Is A.J. Green back? No. Definitely still not back. He's not on IR either, correct? No, he is not. Oh, I don't know when the hell that son of a gun's coming back. But that defense, that defensive line is what causes issues, and the offensive line for the Patriots is not good. That secondary for the Bengals has somewhat improved every week. Not been a drastic improvement. Not been anything to be excited about, but if they can slow down the Patriots receiving core just enough to get that defensive line to get interior pressure, they'll be fine. Like this game is going to be maybe kind of surprising to some people on how bad the Patriots are. Now me saying this, they could come out and just fucking lay the wood. We got our eight minutes of tape. We know what the signals are. They're screwed. Either or. It can happen either or. No in between them. It's going to be either or. Yeah, uh, I'm on the opposite side of the fence as, as you. I think that because there's so much noise coming out of New England, that means that they're going to get back down to business and they're going to probably win this game by like 24 points. Wow, by 24? Yeah, December? I, yeah, and <laughs> I think, give me Sony Michelle all day long. Sony Michelle's going to run all over them. That's the problem. Sony Michelle hasn't been running over anybody. Yeah, like they, this, the Patriots is- have not been running over anybody. This is it, dude. This is the game. Can't wait to see it. So, next matchup. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, favored by three and a half in Detroit. I'm taking the Buccaneers. Jameis Winston might lead the NFL in passing yards, passing touchdowns, and guess what? Interceptions. Crazy to think about. He's behind in yards, and I think, of Drew Brees. He's behind in touchdowns of Lamar Jackson. And he leads the NFL in interceptions by a fucking mile. The closest person behind him is Baker Mayfield, I believe, with 16. Jameis Winston has 26. Yikes. Good, bad, and the ugly. Jameis Winston. (laughs) I mean, I don't know how else to explain it. He did lose Mike Evans. That's tough. But Chris Godwin's on there. I think they'll be fine. Yeah. uh, And he has a broken thumb as well. He's only throwing tennis balls right now, so who knows if he actually even plays. But um, I'm actually going to take Detroit in this game because of that reasoning. Uh, I think that the Bucks' defense is going to be the strength of this game, of this team at this point with who knows about Winston. Evans gone. Running game's not getting going. Uh, I could see the whole God- Godwin thing coming. Uh, Perriman might step up a little bit. 
OJ Howard might have a big game here, but I kind of just have faith that the Lions are going to keep things close. So the Lions, besides last week, have had a lead in every single game this year. Weird stat. Weird, right? And they talked about it during. There's the tree civia for you. Ah, they said it during the Thursday night game plenty. But um, uh, so I think that's my thing is I think that they're going to have the lead here. And I think they're going to just be able to hold it out because it's going to be Jameis Winston or whoever trying to drive it down at the end of the game. And like you said, 26 picks. Yeah, I like my odds of the defense getting a pick. And then- <laughs> <laughs> so I would take you today, Jameis. Pick six, yeah. maybe pick six. Did you see? Never mind. We'll talk about it later. Uh, All right. <laughs> Bears and Packers. Uh, Packers are four and a half point favorites at home. I'm taking the Packers. That's it. The Bears, last week, we were kind of stunned on how well they did a couple weeks prior. Not really sure what's going on. Maybe they've got it figured out. Maybe they don't. I will be in Chicago in a couple weeks. I will tell you after watching that game live. We still need to figure out our schedule for the week of Christmas as well. That's something we need to discuss quickly. Um, what do you mean? What do we have to discuss? Well, I'm not going to be in town. Everybody, uh, week of Christmas. It is going to be the JT show during uh, <laughs> on Talking Football. <laughs> All right, got it figured out. Love the way we do that. We can still talk about it. Uh, no big deal. <laughs> that was good. Way to take start. I appreciate it. JT gets shit done. Uh, next game, the Texans are playing the Tennessee Titans, uh, an offense that, you know what, actually give me a moment because Drees had nothing to say about the Bears-Packers game. Yeah. Uh, Let me I mean, just... Boom. I got a moment. And... Uh, I think I also am taking the Packers. I think that they're going to try to just continue to run it down the Bears' throat, which, I mean, that's what Zeke was doing last last Thursday, the first quarter, and then they went away from him because the Cowboys' offense doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. Uh, the Bears have been struggling just against the run in general. I think that they're going to use Williams and Jones, kind of like how we've been talking about, like how they used to use them a lot differently <coughs> earlier in the year. They're going to do that again. They're going to start that again here against the Bears. They want to they want to end the Bears' hopes, right? The Bears are still alive because they've won a few games. I think they're going to they the Packers want to be the team that says, "Nope, your season's done. Enjoy enjoy the couch during the postseason. We'll be we'll be playing. You'll be on the couch. Uh, <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see the pass rushers against Mitchell Trubisky, who is now starting to roll out of the pocket and run a little bit like we've been saying for a while that he needs to be doing uh, and he's been doing it successfully. Let's see what the pass rushers can do to slow that down. And if they win, it's going to be an interesting end of the season for the NFC North. That is for sure. So once again, here we go. The Houston Texans traveling to Tennessee where the Titans are favored by two and a half. And this is an offense that Treese is very fond of. With Tennessee Titans. He likes the way it's run. He likes the way it's handled. And he likes the way this team plays. Uh, on top of that, fuck the Titans. But just wanted to make sure to remind Trees that that is what's been said this last episode. So We're not talking about that anymore. We we're just, not. And the Titans are going to win this game. They 100% are winning this game. And it's not going to be close, I don't think. I kind of think the Titans just run down their throat. And I think... Texans, sure, they'll try to keep up with with Watson doing his thing, but 
I don't think it's going to be enough. I think the pass rush of the Titans is going to get there. Titans are winning the AFC South, for sure. It's going to be crazy. It's almost as if someone said it, and it wasn't either of us. <laughs> it was not us. It was not us. <clears throat> it's going to be – this is going to be an interesting game because this – I mean, the same record. They're both in the lead for it. Jaguars are kind of falling apart. The Indianapolis Colts are definitely falling apart. But it's an interesting thing to see this happen with the AFC South and how the Titans have been rolling as of late. Um, it is the month of December. The Titans usually get hot around this point, and boy, are they now with Ryan Tannehill looking to be their future quarterback. Our next matchup is going to be the Denver Broncos traveling to Kansas City where the Chiefs are favored by 10, and Cortland Sutton was on record yesterday saying that they're going to go into Kansas City and come out with a win. Drew Locke, hometown kid, says this is nothing new. He's been in the stadium a thousand times. This time he's coming in with orange and blue. It looks like he's ready to go. Um Interesting storylines here. Interesting things have been said. The Chiefs, I don't think they're looking over this game, but I think they know that they're going to come in here and take care of business at home. They are ready for this game. They are ready to go in and play the rest of their schedule and head into the playoffs on a winning streak because this defense has looked good. Now it's time for the offense to step up and show what they can do, and this is the perfect team to do it against. Just have the Broncos come in town, shut them down, Send it back home sad. Give Drew Locke his first loss. Mizzou kid, time to go. See you again. Thanks for coming by. We're done with you. See you next year. I'm taking the Chiefs by 10. Um, I also am taking the Chiefs by 10. A lot of the same reasons you just said, and I think the Chiefs are just hungry knowing that they, they're still able to catch the Patriots and have that bye week, and I think that they're hungry for it, and they're, they know what they have to do these final three weeks of the season to, or four weeks of the season, mm-hmm. three, three weeks of the season um, to make that happen. <clears throat> I completely agree with you. Next matchup, Miami Dolphins versus the New York Giants. Giants favored by three and a half. Dolphins were just, no, were the, the Dolphins were just in New York. Did they ever leave or did they just stay? Uh, was last week's game against the Jets in New York? Yeah. Oh, then who knows? Tickets for sale for like seven dollars. <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't know that. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if they stayed. A lot of teams that I mean, no, it's in Miami, so I bet they went back home. But like, if they were fly West, home. Yeah, if they were West Coast, they probably would have stayed though. Interesting. I'm gonna take the Giants to win this game. Um, I don't know what the update is with Eli Manning and Daniel Jones. Are you sure on who's starting? Uh, Daniel Jones was still uh, – li- I think he was limited in practice today, so um, not looking great, but still that opportunity. They haven't rolled him out yet. Either way, I think the Giants come out on top. Uh, I'm going to take the Dolphins here. I think they win another one. You son of a bitch. I, I mean, I can't pick them. I've already told myself I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. Next game, Philadelphia Eagles, four and a half favorites in Washington against the Redskins. And the Eagles, man, I just, it's not as if the Cowboys just don't want to win the division, and it's as if the Eagles don't either. But their team's falling apart. Alshon Jeffrey just went on IR yesterday. Um, I, I'm going to have to take the Redskins. I just don't know who the Eagles have as targets, and their play calling has been atrocious, and their defense has been overaggressive. This might be a game where Dwayne Haskins just comes in and just kind of steals one. It's going to be an interesting game. This is going to mean a lot for the division because everyone sucks. 
So we'll just see what happens. But I'm taking Washington. <coughs> Excuse me, man. I all of a sudden, I'm not even sick, and all of a sudden, I'm just coughing. Um, I'm taking the Eagles. Uh, I get your point there, but I think that they'll use the running backs, and I think that guys like Arcega Whiteside and uh, Greg Ward. Uh, I think those guys will just have to find a way to step up and they'll just continue to use a two tight end set. So um, very much like the Rams are doing right now is kind of the way I all see that offense uh, running the rest of the rest of this season. And I just don't see the weapons on the Redskins being able to give the Eagles trouble, even though the Eagles defense has struggled a bit, but I just don't see the weapons there besides uh mclaren like he's the only one so uh yeah i'm gonna take the eagles there next one is the seattle seahawks versus the panthers and the seahawks are five and a half point favorites on the road taking the seahawks i mean i feel like this is pretty obvious taking the seahawks coming off a loss not doing so hot not proud of their performance a couple key drops may have lost in the game Rams team has kind of fired everything back up. This is a game for the Seahawks to kind of get things refigured out heading into the playoffs to try and remain atop the, the NFC West and just start rolling in the right direction because they need to pick it back up because they cannot afford to keep losing at this point in the season. And the Panthers, their offenses looked good. I've been very excited to see their receivers come into play with DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. We've I feel like we've been talking about them all year on how – I've just personally enjoyed what they've done and what they are as receivers, and I hope they keep building off of it. I hope this is a close game, but I am taking Seattle five and a half. I also am taking Seattle five and a half, but I think it'll be closer than what a lot of people kind of think it's going to be. Um, Yeah, I I mean, I'll still take it by a touchdown, actually, but one of who's been playing pretty bad lately is Russell Wilson hasn't been playing that great. Have you noticed that? I have. And I, I don't – I'm quick to put it on the offensive line. But, I mean, I think it's – it just – I don't know. Things just haven't looked as smooth lately. Yeah, it's ever since he stopped targeting Lockett as much. It's like the yeah. last, four, last four games, which is when Lockett's been pretty bad the last four games, right? He, he has four touchdown passes and four interceptions. It's been tough. It's, I mean, it has been. It's been tough. It's been a tough stretch for him. Yeah. So Let me get it a, one more time. It's been tough. Yeah, one more time. Uh, but I think that them coming off a loss is the big thing, right? They're not going to lose two in a row. Uh, they are going to say, like, if they're, we've been saying all year, like, how do, how do teams not just shut down K- Christian McCaffrey? He's, like, the only weapon they really have, even though we like their wide receivers, right? But, like, the true weapon there. Pete Carroll's going to be that dude that's like, okay. I know how to stop this one dude. Make everybody else beat us. And so that's going to happen this week for sure. I think you make a very solid point there. Our next matchup, your team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, are traveling to Oakland where the Ravers, where the Raiders excuse me, are favored by six and a half. The Waiters, the Oakland Waiters, um, are favored by six and a half at home in the Coliseum. One of their last games there, I believe it is their last game, there for the season and that's going to be the it for the Raiders there like that's going to be um, a historical moment that's going to be an emotional moment for several people and an entire organization and franchise and owner Mark Davis so this is going to be a big game you know what I mean this is going to mean a lot to a lot of people and I I mean yeah I just have to take the Raiders like this game just has too much emotional meaning 
for the Jaguars to come in and steal a win. And if the Jaguars do win, man, that sucks to be a Raiders fan. It sucks to be in the Coliseum and have that loss, and you got to leave there. That's It's going to be tough if they lose. Yeah, it would be miserable. And, I mean, the Jags are playing worse. Nobody's playing worse than them right now the last like month of the season. So uh, I also am taking the Raiders, and uh, I don't think it's close. I mean, DJ Chark's probably not going to play, so the, the offense is just taking another hit there. And uh, I think it's going to be – Leonard Fournette probably gets like 35 to 40 touches in this game, and they're probably going to just try to grind it out. Um, but the the defense can't stop anybody at this point. They they have like seven linebackers on IR right at this point. They have multiple lo- defensive linemen on IR. Like they have, they're missing a safety. Like they they have nobody on their defense at this point. Uh, so that'll be tough. But I mean, the only hope is Fournette has a huge game. And the two edge rushers cause havoc. Like that's their only hope. And, and obviously, those things can happen, right? They can. Like they're, but I mean, there's no way you can pick the Jaguars to win a game at this point. Like they've lost four in a row by 17 plus points. Like every game is over before halftime even hits. Like it, it's just you're you're a stupid better if you if you take the Jaguars in this. And they also haven't won a game on the West Coast in like 12 years. So. There's also that as well. Jeez, anything else do you want to just keep throwing on the Jaguars there? I mean, I think the grave's almost, like, full, but I mean, shit. I mean, can we throw Tom Coughlin down there before I finish? Oh, buddy, there we go. All right, next game, the Cleveland Browns, favored by two and a half, are going to Arizona. And I'm taking the Browns. I think their offense is going to be too much for that secondary and that defense of the Cardinals. Their offense has been okay, but I think the – the Browns' defense will be just enough to cover. Um, Browns are favored by two and a half. That's an easy win. I think that's an easy cover for them. Kyler Murray, he's looked okay. It hasn't been anything special in the year. You haven't really seen any highlight moments since, you know, a couple weeks ago where it showed the speed on the field level, which was just absurd. But, I mean, I'm taking the Browns here. Too much noise. OBJ's pissed. Baker Mayfield's pissed again. Let's see how many interceptions he throws. It's going to be an interesting game. Yeah, I also am taking the Browns here. Uh, sorry to be boring and us agree on so many things today. But uh, I also think that this is a very low-scoring game. I'm going to say this is one of the lower-scoring game Besides the Sunday night game, this may be the lowest-scoring game of the week. Uh, I kind of just have this gut feeling that it's going to be like a 15-17, like 17-12 to 12 game, 15-10 to 10 game, something weird like that. I just, I don't know why I think that. I just have this gut feeling that that's the way this game's going to roll. 16-13. That, that would be in the realm of what I'm thinking, under 20 points each. So, yeah, cool. Awesome. Next matchup, Minnesota Vikings are traveling to Los Angeles to face the Chargers, where the Vikings themselves are favored by two and a half. And I'm taking the Chargers here. Their offense has looked different the last couple weeks. Phillip Rivers is hitting Mike Williams down the field. Mike Williams is winning those 50-50 balls. Whether he's having pass interference or not, that's being called. He's winning those battles. Keenan Allen's looked sharp. That defense has Derwin James back. Quite the difference last week with him playing. It's like a lot of people forgot how good he was. And I think the Vikings are going to forget how good he is because if Kirk Cousins tries that play extra bullshit again and tries to hit him over the top, 
Derwin James is either going to be in his face or he's going to be on the other end intercepting it. Either one, he might do both. He might go sack him and then turn around and catch up to the ball down the field and pick six it. And we're going to be sitting there like, oh, my God, look at this. Look at this guy. We got two Jameses in Los Angeles, and they're a fantastic athlete. Just a little, little wild card throw out there. I'm taking the Chargers to win this. Uh, I'm taking Minnesota. I don't believe that the Chargers – I mean, I think they looked good because they played the Jaguars last week. I think that's kind of what it was. They um, Did you see that video of him yelling? After yes, the I touchdown? did. Gunning almost murdered a man. Almost murdered a dad of nine. He almost murdered him on the field. <laughs> like, it would have been a horrible story. Like, would I hate to see it? Hate to see it. Um, so, um, <laughs> um, I mean, he apologized really quickly for the record there. Um, I actually think that this, the Vikings are going to have too much. Uh, Thielen's going to be back, and I think that the Diggs and Thielen thing combination with the way that Rudolph's playing in the middle of the field at tight end, uh, Cook is healthy. Uh, I think that Cousins is playing fantastic football right now. So, And I don't think that this offensive line is going to be able to handle the defensive line of the Vikings. So um, I actually could see this being a very high-scoring game, though. Unlike the other one, I could see it being very high-scoring, but I think the Vikings do pull it up. This is going to be another good game. I I think you are right on the high-scoring aspect. Speaking of another good game here, the Los Angeles Rams are favored by one and a half traveling to Dallas. And I'm starting to notice a lot. There's a lot of away teams that are favored this week. More than I'm kind of used to seeing, honestly. But Rams favored by one traveling to Dallas. Man, I don't know. I mean, you almost you have to take the Rams, right? Like the Cowboys, like Z comes out early in the week. We are not happy with where our record is. Well, I fucking hope not. You guys are trash. You look like shit. If you're happy with your record, get off the team. Like that's you should just like not even say anything. Like someone's like, are you happy? With your, like just look at them. That's when you can pull a Baker Mayfield and walk out. Are you gonna ask me a question like that? Oh no, I'm not happy with where we're at. We're not happy as a team. You know we should be doing a lot, but no shit. And you picked the fucking Cowboys. <clears throat> Yeah, damn it. I'm confused. <clears throat> I have to put my throat for this one. <laughs> so, me, dude. Dude, Burn know. your throat, coughing, anything else? You need to sneeze? No, but I need some water, but I'm downstairs and I don't have any. So, um, so here's the thing. I think the Rams are playing fantastic football. I really do. They're playing really, really good. This is just the type of game that the Cowboys would win. It's just one of those games. It makes no sense. Cowboys lose to shitty teams like the Jets and whoever else, but then they beat good teams, and, like, this just makes sense. It doesn't make sense, so now it makes sense. Uh, I could easily see Cooper. Actually, I don't think Cooper's going to do much. I think that Ramsey probably slows him down quite a bit, but um, I think Higby has a good game, the tight end. I think that Gurley has a big game, so I think that, like, that's good for the Rams. But I know I'm naming things off. I know. <laughs> but I think that I don't know if besides Ramsey slowing down Cooper, if they can slow down anybody else on the offense. 
so I think that Zeke has another big game. I think that Gallup is going to have a good game. I can see Cobb in the slot doing pretty well. So I think that just being at home is going to be enough for them to get over that hurdle and win this game and try to get it so they can win this division. And they don't care if they win it at 8-8. Eight and eight. I think that they're probably thinking whatever we have to do to get into the playoffs, like just do that and then we'll sit down and really figure out what, what do we have to do to now beat really, really good teams in the playoffs. So I think that they're, they're kind of going to think of this as a playoff game. Wow. Wow. I got nothing else to say. I can't wait to watch it. Three o'clock game. Correct. Correct. Ooh, buddy. Gonna be watching that. Gonna be watching that one. Next matchup, the Atlanta Falcons traveling to Los Angeles or to San Francisco, where the 49ers are favored by eleven. Boy, at first I thought that only said one. Glad my eyes decided to work there. 49ers are favored by eleven, and I'm taking them. I'm taking the 49ers. They've looked great the last couple weeks. Their running game. Their running backs and their receiving game have been fantastic. George Kittle has been playing amazing. Jimmy Garoppolo has been playing flawless. That defense is beginning pressure. I mean, you're silly not to be taking San Francisco in this game. So if you're betting, if you are a betting man or betting woman at this point, just smash, like, just put all your money on San Francisco right now because there's no reason this Falcons team wins. Now, if the Falcons do win, don't come, don't come crying to me that you lost all your money. I mean, you're just saying win, though. Are you, I mean, clearly you're taking the over here. Or, I mean, the spread as well. I mean, 11's a lot of points. Yeah. I'm also taking them, for the record. I'm just trying to make sure that we're clear here. We're not saying just win. We're talking about the spread. Uh, but I think it's super important for the Niners to win this game because if they win this game, next next week, in a sense, doesn't matter. Because then it just comes comes down to 17 against Seattle to win the division. So, assuming Seattle also does win here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Niners are just playing fantastic. Uh, one of what's funny is I did that Trecivia a little bit ago about um, M- Mostert having averaging over, like, six yards per carry, and you couldn't guess who it was. And yeah. now, all of a sudden, like, he's the lead guy for that team. It was like I right stepped that, huh? up major. They have major so much time. speed, so much speed at running back. It's ridiculous. And they've figured out kind of who their <laughs> receivers are. Like they've figured out who they can trust and who they can't. And I mean, you got Sanders throwing freaking touchdowns to Mostert. Yeah. Fuck. What else are you gonna have? I uh, I rewatched that game actually, and dude, that game was so much fun. The creativity <laughs> on offense. Was for both teams. For both teams, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, they were just, like, dude, jab for jab. Oh, you think that's a good play? Let me show you mine. Let me show you mine, dude. It was awesome. It was so much fun. I I need to go back and watch it again. Instead of just, like, you know, kind of skimming through it. Like, I need to just enjoy that aspect of the game. Um, Speaking of another game that's going to be pretty enjoyable. Two head coaches that used to be college teammates are now facing off on a Sunday night battle. Um, and since we missed our Thursday night game, we didn't get to do the player prop bets. We're going to do it for this game, actually. So the Bills are traveling to the Steelers to Pittsburgh. Buffalo Bills traveling to Pittsburgh Steelers. Where the Steelers are favored by two. And I'm going to pick the Bills to win this game. I think that they're 
receiving core has been their biggest issue. Um, I believe, if I'm correct here, they lead the league in drops. And I watched kind of like a film on it. And, I mean, it's just drop after drop after drop. And you start to think, like, if these aren't dropped, the Bills are probably winning some of the games that they lost. And they haven't lost that many. So you think, I mean, you know what I mean? That puts them atop the AFC East, essentially, if they're not dropping these balls. And I think this is a game where they can step up and do it. I like the Steelers' defense. They've looked great. But this Buffalo Bills defense, man, they are creative, they are fast, and they are strong. And they're going to get after Duck Hodges. And it's going to be interesting to see how he responds. And, yeah, let us let me hear what you have to say, and then we'll get into our player prop bets. Let me slow myself down here. I 100% agree with you that the Bills are going to win this game. I don't think the Steelers are going to be able to do anything with against this Bills defense. Uh, it's interesting. I think that there's three teams that are – I think the Jags, Bills, and Eagles are all very close on what team leads the league and drops. I think it kind of like switches from week to week <laughs> who actually leads that uh, department. Uh, I actually, last I saw it was actually the Eagles that led that, but who knows at this point. Um, kind of a hold my beer type moment with that stuff. No, it really is, right? Um, so... It sounds like James Connors going to come back. He was full participant today in practice. So it'll be interesting to see him back on the field. Uh, I mean, it's weird. I mean, obviously, they're in the playoff hunt. They're the sixth seed right now. So you really want him back. But, man, Benny Snell is playing well. So it's weird to try to take him off the field at that point. But uh, I think that Josh Allen will struggle against this this Steelers defense. This is going to be a very defensive-minded game. Um, <clears throat> for sure, the lowest-scoring game of the week, I think. Uh, just because of how good the defenses are. You think this will be lower scoring than the last game you talked about? The the uh, Cardinals and Browns? Yeah, how I said I think it's going to be the second lowest scoring game of the week. Yes, ah, because it's this one. I, I think that's it there. Yeah, I, see I think you working the mic. I see you, boys. You see that? Uh, I think that a lot of people are going to be like, oh, this is why I don't want to watch the fucking Bills play on Sunday Night Football. But me being the nerd defensive guy I am, I'm going to be like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> like, on every second of it um so yeah it's gonna be cool i think uh everybody will get to learn the name uh who is it uh fitzpatrick for the steelers everybody not that everybody doesn't already know his name but like uh or minka fitzpatrick yeah sorry i was like wait did i say the wrong name um i think everybody would know him Oliver, the first round pick for the Bills, I think everybody's gonna find finally figure out how good he's been. I mean, if it wasn't for a Josh Allen and a Nick Bosa, like everybody would be talking about Oliver. Seriously, he's so good. And if it wasn't for Nick Bosa, we'd be talking about Josh Allen. If it wasn't for them, we talk we were probably about talking about Brian Burns. I mean, there's just so many deep, young defensive studs from this class. Yeah, I mean. And Josh Allen has better stats than Nick Bosa at this point. Well, more sacks, I should say. And he plays a lot less snaps. It's interesting. Like, if you look at stat snaps, Bosa plays way more than Allen, so it would be interesting. Huh. So that's going to be a closer race than we realized. Uh, let's go ahead and get into our prop bets, though, for this game. Josh Allen is targeted for 213 yards. Therese, is he going over or under that mark against this Pittsburgh defense? I'm going to go under. I'm going over, actually. I think he has a big day. You said this is going to be a low-scoring game. I think this is going to be a big game for Josh Allen. This is going to be a primetime game for him to come in and show, hey, there's a reason the Bills took me where they did. 
They should trust me. I've been making plays, whether it's on the ground or through the air. I've been making plays, and I'm about to lead my team to a victory here in Pittsburgh. And I'm I'm excited to see it. Our next one, Singletary, over under for 60, 60 yards rushing. Over under, Trees. Over for me. Anything you want to add to that? Uh, I just think that they're going to rely on him more than they do Gore in this game. I, it kind of just feels like that type of game where the offense, they're not going to get a lot going, so they're going to want try to get big plays in the running game or in the receiving game that Singletary can give, but Gore can't. Sure, when you get into the red zone, they might go with Gore just because they can trust. They may trust him more. But for the majority of the field, that's what I'm going to go with. How about you? Awesome. Um, I'm actually going to take the over as well. I think you're exactly right. I love the what they're going to do with that running game. It's going to be interesting to see. Cool. Uh, let's go with John Brown. Uh, he's actually had a little bit of a slow last couple weeks, last month, I should say. Uh, but it is at 62 yards. Receiving. Yeah, so so you're taking the unders that you said? Uh, I did not say anything, but yes, I am taking the under. Oh, I totally cut you off there then. I apologize. That's okay. So the under. um, I mean, you're right. The last couple of weeks have been slow with what has been somewhat of a, an impressive performance where he was leading the AFC at one point receiving, and then it's like he got all this hype and, you know, praise and everything, and then it just kind of like fell down and – we're at a point where we're not sure what's going to happen here, but I'm going to take the under just because I think they target him. But Cole Beasley, we saw what he did last week. Um, he did just enough for him. They targeted him in key moments. I think they do the same thing this week. Um, and we'll just run into the next one. Uh, Dawson Knox, the rookie tight end, for 33 yards. I am taking the over. He has been very good the last couple of weeks and has been a very reliable target for Josh Allen. And I am smashing the over on that right there for him. I'm actually smashing the under. Uh, he seems like he's a good like one or two catches for about 10 to 15 yards per game. And then sometimes he gets a touchdown, sometimes he doesn't. Uh, and uh, I kind of just think that this will be a good rookie on rookie battle. I think Bush probably guards him a lot. And so I think that'll be fun with uh, him versus Bush. And I'm going to take the under. If Bush is guarding Dawson Knox, I am throwing to Knox all fucking night. Well, that's I, that's what I would do. Uh, let's go ahead and get into the Steelers prop bets here. Devlin Hodges passing yards for 191. Trace, I'll let you lead these ones this time. I'll I'll let you take it from here, sir. Okay. Uh, I mean, it is 191 yards passing, and I am going to take man. I'm going to take the under again. Wow. I'm taking the over. I think, I mean, the last couple of weeks, I, I believe he's gotten over that mark the last couple of weeks. I think he does it again. Yeah. Shit, I, let's see that, it. Let's that go, was a Doug. That was a tough one. Um, okay, James Conner for 67 yards rushing. I'm going to take the under on that just because I can't trust him until I see him last the full game, which he hasn't done since, like, week, like, six. And I think this is the week he does it. So I am taking the over. I expect him to, I expect him to go to him early and often, and then late and often as well. Like there, this is gonna be a Connor, you know, Mister Two First Names James, Connor James, Mister Two James. First Names. Wow, boy, tongue twister really got me there. But that I'm taking him, James Connor. That's what I said. No, you said James Connor, Connor James. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I got tongue twisted, no. bro. It was bad. It was upsetting. Yep. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's just move on then. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, 45 receiving yards. I'm going to take the over on this one. I think he gets into that 60 to 70 range. Is he playing this week? I thought he got hurt. He is hurt. He's questionable. So there is a chance that it's just a zero, right? Because <laughs> um, maybe he doesn't play. But uh, I think that he, I think he knows how important this game is. They can move up into that five seed with a win, try to get that head to head against the Bills, which might be very important come week seventeen. I think he'll do whatever he can to play. Wow. Um, and I'm going to take the over on the next two guys. Juju and Washington. I think this is a good games for them. Washington's very impressive. I said this last episode or last week when we reviewed. Ever since I dropped him, he's been showing out. Keep it up because I wasn't able to pick you back up because someone else took you, and now I'm out of the playoffs. Fuck me. Uh, <laughs> happy fantasy. Uh, I also will take the over on James Washington at 41 yards. I think I'll probably get one of those right and one of the wrong, so let's just do it. Um, okay. Cool. That's the prop bets for Sunday night game. Let's do the Monday night game, which is the Colts versus the Saints. Yes, and the Indianapolis Colts are traveling to New Orleans where the Saints are favored by nine, and I'm going to take them. I don't know what's going on with the Colts. Adam Vinatieri's on IR. Uh, Star receivers on IR. Uh, I believe they just put, uh, what is it, the rookie from Ohio State, more or Claiborne, no. Campbell, Paris Campbell. Campbell, thank you. Paris Campbell, thank you so much, Treese. He just went on IR as well. It's just everything that could go wrong for the Colts is taking place. I mean, the year kind of started out that way for them. So I'm taking the Saints here for nine. Um, I also am taking the Saints. I think this one's uh, fairly easy, to be honest. So Saints... Coming off that heartbreaking loss, they want to keep that number two seed. They don't want to drop any further. So, uh, yeah, Saints at home. It's going to be an interesting week of football. Everything that happens this week can ultimately change the formatting, the playoff rankings, power rankings of everyone if you pay attention to that. And some of these games can affect the draft order as well. It's going to be a very interesting week of football as the season comes to an end, the regular season that is. And we're going to see teams that are rising right now that are going to take spots in the playoffs that – are rolling in hot, and there's going to be teams that have been hot that are probably going in cold. So it's going to be a very interesting time here the next couple weeks for the NFL, but a very exciting, interesting time. And honestly, guys, that is about it that we have for you today. I've been making sure that we say this as much as we can. We appreciate you guys listening. This has been a long road. It's been a fun road. It's been a busy one, but it's one that I thoroughly enjoy. And Therese, I know it's one that you enjoy as well. All the bullshit that happens in, it's nice to come here twice a week talk in a microphone, look through a laptop, and just talk ball. It is nice to just kind of step away from reality at a moment and just live in this world of ball that we ultimately want to become a reality and a dream of ours. So thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. And as always, we have been talking football.